welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron, your number one source for theories, news and discussion, and interviews from the books and the films like me, Rupert Grint. I play Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter films. And now your host, John and Sue. Hello, hello everybody, it's time for another Pottercast. Yay! It's 128, Pottercast 128. Wow. For the week of December something. It's the second week of December, right? Oh my goodness. We're getting there almost to the end of the year. Yes, whoa. Ho, ho, ho time. What will we do at the end of the year? I don't know. Hmm, don't know. We should have Better a party. Cool, yeah, party. Well, anyway, we've got an awesome show ahead for you this week, mm-hmm. as per usual. And we have a new sponsor this week, so take it away, John. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to www.audiblepodcast.com slash pottercast today for details. So what's happening this week in Harry Potter land? Oh, it man. sounds like a pretty big week. It has been. There's a whole lot of news. I mean, but first of all, starting from the queen of all things, Miss Jo, she has updated her <laughs> website. Yeah. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. And, you know, she wrote, she did a couple things about Canada, but first, I, she updated her diary finally. She was diary, finally, and she was saying where did all the time go, and she was talking about how she's been so busy with, you know, the tour, and she said the U.S. Canadian tour was her favorite ever. If anyone reading this was in the audience for any of those events, thank you, because they were only as wonderful as they were because of the brilliant questions and the overwhelming warmth of those presents. Wow. So isn't that nice of her? I mean, because we were there. It's just, so cool. It's so cool. Love it. She goes on that. She goes on to say that Deathly Hallows remains my favorite book of the series. I hope that even if it is not yours, you understand at least that this is where the story was always leading. It was the ending I had planned for 17 years, and there was more satisfaction than you can probably imagine in finally sharing it with my readers. Aww. Yeah. Very cool. I believe that she'd be quite busy because, I mean, there's still countries that the book hasn't even come out yet, isn't there? That's true. There is true. So, yeah. I wonder if she'll be doing any more press in those in any other countries for any of this stuff. You know, I, I don't know. Does Harry Potter even need much press? No, I don't know. I mean, like we said, like when she just gets a dog, it's new, so you really can't really escape <laughs> this it. This is true. <laughs> They're particularly cute dogs. They're particularly cute dogs. I know, but I mean, everything she does is just like blanket covered at all, all times, you know? I yeah, mean, definitely. But, you know, when she updated, she also gave us some really interesting pieces of uh, canon. She did. Yes, she did. Well, like what? Well, first we learned a question that a lot of us have wondered about what exactly is in the core of the beat. Spoiler warning. The elder oh, there's a spoiler? Oh, okay, it's, it's December. Yeah, that's true. If you don't know it by now, you know. <laughs> um, she said that, and I think we had talked about this, John, that she said that the Thestral hair is in the core of the Elderon. Yes. So that was kind of... That's kind of creepy. Yeah, I mean... Because the Thestrals, it's, it's like the, the tail hair, right? Yeah. Because they don't really have hair anywhere else. They're no. Skin, they're, they're all they're skeletons, yeah. They look, they're gross looking. Yeah, and she said it's a powerful and tricky substance that can be mastered only by a witcher wizard capable of facing death. Wow. You know, I wonder if that spell has any, or that um, that wand has any other inherent powers from uh, 
from the the Thestral. Mm. Isn't it, I mean, we don't really know if, like, yeah. you know, the Phoenix Wand had any, like, Phoenix kind of ability to it, but it's like, if the Thestral Wand had extra powers, like, could it, like, always find... It's, it's interesting because, like, yeah. there is kind of the uh, the lore of that wand about how it, it has to have a master and right. has to find its master and everything, and the Thestrals are pretty adept at finding any location you ask them to go to. Remember, right. you just right. say, hey, Thestral, go to the ministry, and they're like, okay. Yeah. And they have, like, a built-in tom-tom or something right. where they can... <laughs> Just punch thestral. it in in their brains and they have thestral, off they go. Thestral map, do they? Like Google Maps? They just kind Thestralmaps.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, was, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's really interesting, though, because, you know, and the, they are death and only a witch or wizard that's capable of facing death. I mean, are, yeah. you know, I find that that quote just kind of interesting. What do you mean f- capable of facing death? Well, it makes it sound like that Voldemort would never be able to control the wand whether or not he was chosen to be its master. Because if right. anybody in her books cannot face their own mortality, it's Voldemort. Correct. Right. So there'd be no way he could use this wand. Right. Even if uh, he was its proper master. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. That he, and he knew so little about this thing. Yeah, you know, you're right. That's a very good point. Here he is obsessed with with eternal life and seeking, you know, and, and conquering death that he would not know this. I mean, you would think that yeah. unless it's just really obscure. Well, we, we, we know it's obscure for sure. No one really knew about any of this stuff, hardly anybody. But, I mean, if he if he knows about Horcruxes, which seems to be fairly obscure and not spoken in, you know, widely social circles, sure. then it would seem to me that he would stumble across this. I don't know. Yeah. So it seems like a person capable of making a horcrux is also a person incapable of ever commanding the three Deathly Hollows. Yeah. The character traits required for that is something that a person who's out making horcruxes knows nothing about. Right. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. So interesting. I love the canon. I love the canon because I love I mean, new she, canon too. Is there any more? Uh, well, there was a couple of new things. Um, she talked. Well, she went into great depth, and I, maybe we'll talk about this later. But more about what happened when Voldemort used the AK spell on Harry in the forest. Mm. That um, you know that was really interesting. That she goes again that Voldemort violated deep laws of magic that he did not understand. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, he was using the Elder Wand, Wand that's his Harry's, and of course it's not working properly against his true owner, owners. You know, that yeah. would be Harry, but... Um. I love it when she says things like breaking deep laws of magic. Yeah. It's like the scientific part of my brain wants to know what the other laws of magic are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I want a rule book. Yeah. There had to have been at some point a rule book for, for these wizards and witches when they'd be all like, mm-hmm. you know, how much can you lift with Guardian Leviosa? Yeah. Without, you know, having, you know, second and third player on and Hermione come over with their Wiimotes and help you lift the rocks yes. like in the video games. Yeah. You know, how big? I mean, obviously they put rules into the game, but in right. real wizard world life, yeah. <laughs> the real world fiction life, yeah. what are all the rules there? You know, I wonder if she probably had quite a few of them so she could help, 
you know, navigate around the story. Oh, of course. But you know what she goes down to? And I think this is what it boils down to. And it, we've said, she said this again. It's a big quote from Dumbledore. It's about our choices. She goes, it's mm-hmm. important to state that these are the kinds of magics that are essentially unscientific. In other words, there is no Elder Wand plus Lily's blood equaled assured survival formula. Right. You know, it's all about their choices. It's always about your choices, you know? So interesting. Yeah. Like Amazing. All kind of up in the air almost. Yeah. I know. It's just really... Cool. And very interesting that she says that when when Voldemort took Harry's blood, he unwittingly provided himself another chance yes. at redemption uh-huh. because of the goodness in uh, Lily's blood. Yeah. It's so interesting. And yet, and, uh, Voldemort, again, does not choose that. I mean... Yeah, he probably wouldn't have even known yeah. that uh, he had that uh, in him. Yeah. Or not, because he's he was from that at that point so used to being vapor mort for yeah. how many years that <laughs> getting a body back he probably just missed mm-hmm. you know would have mistaken any addition to himself as something just from the spell that brought him back. Right. He wouldn't have noticed any additional capacity for compassion. Yeah. It's just amazing. But, but she saw and it's amazing how she has thought this all the way through. It's just wow. You know, brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. brilliant. I wonder if she'll put any of their all these notes into a book one day. You think? <laughs> and maybe an encyclopedia format. Encyclopedia. Hmm. There's a concept. <laughs> every book in the world. Yeah, pretty probably cool. like five thousand pages and yeah. pop out pictures. And there's one more thing I have to talk about because this is we had talked about this on one of our canon conclusion inclusion yeah. shows, whatever. Concussions. Yeah, concussions. Canon concussions. Yeah, pretty much. Yikes. About Harry and the Big D and the Dudleys, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know? It was awesome. I had to chuckle when I read this because it's just like just exactly what we had talked about about them having on the Christmas cards. Yeah. And that Harry would have tabbed and would have taken his family to visit Dudleys when they were in the neighborhood. Occasions dreaded by James, Albus, and Lily. It's, yeah. <laughs> There's two funny things about that. Is that one, of course, everybody has family members like that. Oh, totally. Especially on the holidays. We're like, ah, yeah. we got to go to Uncle Ted's or, yeah. you know, and, you know, whoever. Be like, and then you get there and then you sit on the couch and look at each other for two hours and then yeah. you eat something that was out and leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that you, is funny because it's very relatable. Yeah, it's totally, it is completely relatable. And that's not that I have anyone in my family like that. No, not at all. Listening. I love every, all of my family and I enjoy visiting them equally uh-huh. around the holidays. And as soon as we get up, John, what are you talking about? And we come <laughs> Yeah, because we're live right now. I'm going to get seven calls. Well, okay. Well, as soon as the show gets done and they hear it, you'll be getting lots of little howlers. (laughs) The other other funny thing I thought was funny about that is um, what exactly to a witch or wizard is it to be in the neighborhood when you can blink and be somewhere else? Well, yeah, this is true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the only time we've ever seen families traveling together Uh is the Weasleys heading on with Harry you know, get to the train station where they're purposely trying to look like muggles for, well, you know, protection. And, you know, just, you know, or taking the muggle car because it's fun. Well, but yeah, don't remember when they went to Quidditch World Cup, they were families and, going together. the Quidditch World Cup and they go magically yeah. by the, uh, by the port key. Well, right, but say, like, say Albus and Lily, they were still too little to apparate, right? So. So then they take the flu. Oh, I guess that's true. Well, but maybe there's some places, I don't know. Because Big Dudley would be living in a in a Muggle neighborhood, right? So he, of course, yeah. I don't know if they would. So how do you get in that neighborhood? I, I, I guess don't know. You, we're, we're, we're being mean yes. and we're overanalyzing. Yeah. Just <laughs> haphazard, not haphazard. 
has her Joe's number. She's hashtag like, John, you can go live in Dudley's neighborhood. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, man, if Harry's family showed up in that neighborhood once a year, I'd move in the Dudley's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'd be peering over the fences just to freak them out, even though they don't mm-hmm. have any yeah. <laughs> wizarding blood in the house. Be awesome, but Joe's Joe's website is a wealth of wonder. If you get a chance, you should go to www.jkrolling.com and check it out because it's really just an yes. amazing website. And she does this stuff, and it's incredible. You know, yeah, if, if anyone's not been to that website and they listen to this show, I will be yeah, quite pretty amazed. Confused. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, did we get any other news that was not provided by Joe this week? Well, well, although she's up for all these kinds of awards, and we there's a lot of... Jeez. I mean, she was named Barbara Walters' most fascinating person. She. Oh, know, I lost. I know. I, I was I know. up for that one, actually. <laughs> Two years running. Yeah. And darn, always a bridesmaid, John. Always a bridesmaid. You know... <laughs> There's always hope. I don't know. Yes. You can get that. Maybe we'll talk Gilderoy. We'll say, can you nominate, you know, which is give up one of I your mean, awards for. It's a pretty shoddy consolation prize. I think I got like a subscription of Us Weekly or something. <laughs> I don't know who reads that crap. <laughs> well, that's a magazine I actually do not read. I tell you that much. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of magazine, but this is kind of cool. The Emma Watson is like in style magazine. She, Emma Watson has been everywhere this week. I mean, she's been in, I mean, she's, she gets around. She, well, she does, but there was a really nice feature about her and in, in, in style. She, and she did like this fifties look and now she's doing this stuff with, um, Chanel, which is the, uh, very high end couture line in the house. And they're fabulous. And she was at these, uh, she went to a fashion show and she was at this private dinner with a designer. And it's just, you know, I mean, Emma's really becoming, you know, you know, it's interesting that that they have such a mature and out of reach brand to have her be the spokes lady for. Yeah, I mean, I don't quite understand that. You know, I would think like, you know, she would, right. you know, pull a Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen and yeah. have her own close or fashion line or yeah. you know, be like a, a limited or yeah. you know, Express or something yeah. that's in actual reach of most uh, yeah. of her fan base but uh, that's pretty high end stuff I mean, what the hell do I know I'll cry. I know, I know. <laughs> that's like red carpet stuff it is it is and it was you know because she has more than that I mean I, w- I, I do not own any well, one piece of Chanel and it would be fabulous I mean because they're just legendary and they're beautiful things but I mean that's just for a young you know teenager like herself it's just that's yeah. pretty remarkable but Emma yeah. and then we saw a thing about her ballet shoes it's going to air the day after Christmas and the United Kingdom, her ballet shoes movie, and oh right, yeah, yeah. So that's gonna we got the date on that, and uh, so Emma, there's yeah. a lot of Emma this month, and she starts filming on the 18th, which is next week. Everyone, happy mm. Prince, woohoo! Isn't that ballet shoes also starring Julie Walters? Um, I think it's Richard Griffiths, isn't it? Right, he, you know, oh. he's in everything, isn't he? <laughs> he he's doing the thing he with is. Dan. He's doing with Emma. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is Julie Walters. I'm not. I, think it's I thought he was doing like a Dukes of Hazard sequel with Rupert next summer. <laughs> Rupert. I thought we got that one in the in the tip box. I love to see you know Dukes of Hazard Rupert. You know yeah. if he can drive that ice cream truck, he can certainly drive in rural in the rural south. Got an ice cream truck. It's brilliant. Yeah, sort of filled with ice cream. There Love he is, driving through He's that 90-degree humidity in the south. Yeah, that's a good plan. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. With, with a 70s haircut on both of them. <laughs> awesome. 
God, I'd love to see an avatar of that. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> It'd be so hysterical. It would be awesome. Oh, my. Okay. <sighs> breathing, breathing. Is there anything else that uh, uh, we're eating up yes, from? Yes, there's, there's one thing. Um, we, had, we had talked about... Um, Jim Dale and the audiobooks and stuff. Um, he got yeah. nominated for a Grammy for his reading of Deathly Hallows, which is really pretty Sweet. cool. It is. It's very cool. Congratulations to them. And uh, Mr. Radcliffe and Fiona Shaw and Dame Maggie Smith and Fer- Pam Ferris, who plays Aunt Marge, all got nominated for um, What's On Stage Theater Awards, which is amazing. And uh, John, oh. two plays that you saw, Equus and Jason and <laughs> yeah. Duckwaiter, both got nominated too. <laughs> Brilliant. You see, I'm very cultured. <laughs> you were... I actually was planning on going to the theater otherwise had there not been Harry Potter's actors in them because I'm very high society on the town kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, do you know who is not who was not nominated? Who who is that? And for very good reason. Uh-huh. Who? The butthead understudy. For uh, Richard Griffiths yeah. at Equus, yeah. who read off his script the only night I was able to see Equus. That's right. Good Lord. <laughs> I felt terrible that Melissa had to poke me on the sides to keep me awake when yeah. that guy was on stage because yeah. I wanted to get the most out of that experience, sadly. Yeah, sadly. Maybe I'll have a second chance when it's in New York. Yes, I can't wait for that. He he is going to reprise his role next next fall in uh on Broadway, it'll be great, and so is Mr. Griffiths will be there, so it'll be awesome. That'll be really. Cool. I don't quite understand the decision to have when, when to have them both use American accents, though. <laughs> I don't understand I don't how that will happen. change anything. Yeah, they said. Oh, really? Every character needs to have an American accent in that uh, uh-huh. revival. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I missed that part. It'll okay. be interesting. Yeah. No less. Is he going to say y'all a lot too? I don't know. Yeehaw! When he's on the horse. <laughs> this is New York. This is oh. <laughs> this isn't anywhere else. Oh, okay. Um, well, okay, one more thing. We did see, we had talked about this last week, John, um, but there's more construction photos of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. the park. Yeah. Oh, the park. Yeah, so. I cannot wait for the park. I mean, I mean, essentially it was just like a bunch of, like, you know, tractors plowing dirt, so, but, you know. <laughs> but you know what's going to be on top of that dirt? Hello? Hello? Big mega castle. Could be, you know, that could be Hogwarts grounds we're looking mm-hmm. at, guys. Dang, I actually was there recently, and I went up on that Dueling Dragon ride oh, that they did? have with the roller coaster. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't, you know, it was a while ago, so I didn't really see much of any of that excitement. But I know yeah. exactly where they're talking about. And, yeah. Oh, it's just so exciting just to be near it. So cool, so cool. Envious of Orlando yeah. people right now. Yeah, yeah, especially it's nice because it's snowing up here in Michigan and it's cold. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, this week, the, when you'll be hearing this, right, be, it'll be right before December 11th, which is a big banner day here in the United States and in North America, because we're finally, finally getting the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix DVD. Woo-hoo! Hooray! Yay! And um, also, all the other films are being re-released on um, high-definition format, and those are coming That's out. Awesome. And the new uh, interactive game, and we have a new demo from that game that WB sent us a cool clip to. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. And we have about a zillion clips from the DVDs, so if you haven't seen them, they're on our website and in our galleries, and you can't escape them. Because well, you can't download the whole movie from our gallery. No, but it's pretty reason. close. I mean, they must have sent out <laughs> I would say it's pretty close. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. But it's just an, it seemed like an excessive amount of clips. I really? mean, it just was like all of a sudden, boom, here you go. Here's 25 clips, you know? And just like, okay. And a lot of these were just like interviews, you know, with the cast and stuff. But I mean, and they're well, very stuff's short. awesome. But it's awesome. But I was like, whoa, here we go again. Nothing forever. And then all of a sudden, boom, there you go. Did we, uh, did we manage to get the, the, uh, 
the director in Dobby's uh, commentary on uh, on this DVD? Um, I, no. Is that half blood prints they were talking about doing that? I, I I believe so. I don't know. I think though on the high definition one of them, there's there's like the um, a pop up or something that comes up on oh the Fred and George thing. Yeah, I think that that's on 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 that. To hit, sit there and crack jokes. Yeah. During the whole movie. Yeah. I don't know. I I actually have not talked to anybody who's actually watched the entire thing. So. I mean, I don't know who would want to watch a Harry Potter movie while somebody sat around and cracked jokes. I don't know. Who would want to do that? I mean, how uh, lame, lame <laughs> idea. <laughs> One of the thousands of you who downloaded our last DVD commentary yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. We, prob- we, did we probably cables. tricked them into that. They probably didn't know what they were getting into. Um, um, one more thing. Speaking of, of films, Lord of the Rings pwned Harry Potter in a poll. No, that's not news. I know it's not, but they got voted. It's better. not news when we lose. I know, but it's just kind of interesting that these persistent, they go round. Round and round, and these things like pop up like every like six months. It seems it's like, come on, Dad. you know, people. Oh wow! And one more thing, too. Uh, speaking of movies and things to watch, <laughs> last thing. One more thing. Okay, I promise to be the last thing. Um, Joe's uh, there's a special ITV documentary following Miss right. Joe when she was writing the book, um, and that's going to air now on December 30th in the UK. Ooh, so that's she, your clocks, yes. guys. That's your deep, yes. your TiVos. So that should be really cool. It goes up. It said. Um, the guy that was filming it, we uh, we found his blog, Mr. Runcy, James Runcy, and um, he said that he started filming it um, for every month, you know, when mm-hmm. she's been doing this for a year. And um, it, it's filmed the day the book's delivery in a locked suitcase to her agent at Heathrow Airport. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You know, Jeez, um, you know just, I just had this image when I read that of like, you know, you ever watch that show like Get Smart? And it always had like those things with those like secret bomb suitcases that would just do stuff. Nice. Just like, so I can just see these guys like skulking about with these like high tech suitcases of, they, you know. It reminds me of Cheryl's story when she was recounting oh, taking right. a manuscript uh, right. over overseas there. Cheryl Klein, the, yeah. one of the editors for Scholastic. Yeah. That's also true. known as Hot Cheryl with seven T's. Yeah. Hot Cheryl. So, phew, that's a lot of news. All right, that's the last one more thing. Lord, yes, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> we know what it's to be in the news. It'll go on forever. Sorry. So there's a lot of news. Yeah. But uh, anywho, so let's remind everybody about Audible again, and uh, we'll push on to the bit by bit. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and playback anywhere, just like Pottercast. Log on to www.audiblepodcast.com slash Pottercast to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Again, go to www.audiblepodcast.com slash Pottercast for your free audiobook. Woohoo! Very cool. And I have to say, I own all of the audiobooks for um, the Harry Potter series. Yeah, I love it. And them. they make awesome listens yeah. while you're, uh, if you have any, like, commutes like I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Um, or uh, to school and things like that. Very difficult to read while you're driving. Yeah. Quite easy to listen. <laughs> not, it's not advisable to be reading a book while you're supposed to be driving in seven lanes of traffic. Not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I, I was actually thinking of picking up the, um, the Golden Compass audiobook oh, because yeah. everybody keeps saying read this thing, and yeah. like I, I don't often have a lot of non-Harry Potter reading time, I right. find. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I do have, always have lots of driving time, so maybe I'll get that one. Oh, that'd be cool. Well, we you go there to oh, www.audiblepodcast.com slash Pottercast for your free audiobook. There you Probably go. where I'll do it. Okay. Darn, darn, dear. Anywho, we got a big show 
and we've chatted for about 25 minutes yeah. of it, so we need to move on to our bit by bit, and let's bring in our good old friends, Frack and Rita. But first, we're going to hear what the fans think about this week's topics. Hey, Pottercast listeners, this is Fan Thoughts, our weekly collection of tidbits from you, the fans. I'm Samantha, sitting in for host Kimmy Blair. This week, we're talking about Chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Fallen Warrior. After all the survivors are finally back at the burrow, they've made a toast to Mad-Eye. Then Harry's scar starts to burn. He has a vision of Voldemort torturing Ollivander, demanding to know why Lucius Wand was ineffective against Harry. This raises just a few questions about the Brother Wands. What on earth happened out there when Voldemort was pursuing Harry? Now let's listen to these fan thoughts from Ashley, Kira, Libby, and Marcia. I thought that Harry's wand doing its thing and him being confused about it was an interesting thing. Should have been a flag going up thinking, huh, maybe wands are going to be important in this. But me, I was just like, oh, it's his wand, whatever. Totally reading over that. So um, it should have been one of those, hey, this is a clue moments, but it definitely wasn't. When Harry's wand turned around to attack Voldemort of its own accord, I was stunned. I was wondering, what is going on here? Then, when Harry saw the vision of Ollivander being tortured, I was just completely confused. I mean, I was clueless, alright? I had absolutely no idea why Voldemort couldn't do anything with Lucius's wand, let alone why it was destroyed. Voldemort was, he was less than pleased that Lucius's wand did not solve the problem. Just a little upset about that. And then Harry is once again linked to Voldemort, and he sees Voldemort torturing Ollivander because things didn't go the way they were planned. When Harry's wand turned on Voldemort, I thought it was because the wand was connected to Harry, and so was Voldemort. Harry was confused as to why his wand was able to take action against Voldemort without his guidance, and he was also frustrated because he didn't want to put his friends in any more danger. I think the wand recognized a common enemy in Voldemort and knew how to protect its master, Harry. It seems to me that Harry connected with Voldemort and got the vision because they were both experiencing the same confused and frustrated emotions. It's time for the bit by bit. We got a little bit today. Just a wee bit. <laughs> Picking up from uh, our last bit. So it's only uh, fitting. We have uh, some help from our helpers last time. Hello. Happy helpers. Yay. <laughs> Who, is that? Who is that here, John? Who is with us? This guy has not been getting very good feedback on podcast. Does everyone hate me? We're bringing him back anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I know I listened to it, the other one, and I don't shut up. I keep talking. Nobody likes him. You think they think he's annoying, which is depressing to me because I think he's a cool guy. What? He's the arrogant <laughs> artiste. <gasps> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I kid. Oh, I love you. Rat. Crushed him. Way to go, Rita. Oh, Way to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then. And then there's Rita here. She's so stupid. I can smell her from here. Uh, yeah. I crush souls. You <laughs> <gasps> crush yeah. souls. That's how very I Slytherin of you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I have to say, I'm a Gryffindor through and through. I'm a Gryffindor almost Ravenclaw. <laughs> so I was like, what? Nice no, I'm Gryffindor, I think. Everyone said Gryffindor. Frankie, I thought you were Ravenclaw. People. Hey. Oh, that's true. That I would everyone. be the... I'd be the last. If you were a Ravenclaw, then we could probably keep you around when Melissa comes back, because everybody says we need to have our full houses. Yeah, but you know you're a Gryffindor, so I guess you ruined it. I'm a Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, okay? You don't understand. It's it's very complicated. (laughs) All right. Well, see, I (laughs) I think that Melissa should be a Ravenclaw, but she says that she's a Gryffindor, so this would complement. Oh, she's. 
you know, it's, that's the cool house. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm in my, I'm happy being in a Hufflepuff land. So we're just. Happy. I think Hufflepuff is a cool. Hufflepuffs house, are probably going to grow to be the most happiest people. Be they don't care. They're just who they are. I guess. That's who I am. Yeah. So I have an element of Hufflepuff. Yeah. You could probably use like essence of Hufflepuff as like what? antidepressants. <laughs> it's a Huffle Prozac. You just siphon siphon their sweat or blood or something, and probably some potion. You no, know, and it could be because we have, and does nothing to do with the fact that we have you know like barrel. I know you guys. It's all the controlled place. substances that make you so happy. It's awesome. Just make sure to clean your play place hey, every few weeks because the bacteria stores up in those plastic balls. You know what? I'm not going to... We're going to move along Oh, here good. You See? Know what? I'm not going to discuss amoebas and funner, you know, discussing things in my house. See, you guys are picking up on the problem I'm having, though, is is that uh, without Melissa around, I got too many dang funny guys on the show or someone needs to push the show along and that's... It's kinda, it's been me lately. It sucks. Responsibility stinks, doesn't it? I don't it, like it. See? <laughs> Melissa, you know, I swear, or Melvin, as she's been... Melvin, it's spreading like wildfire. Know. Anything you say will spread like wildfire. You just make up a nickname right now and it'll be popular in a week. It'll be like 18 YouTube videos. Sweet. Oh, <laughs> thank goodness. But um, ah, look at that. Four minutes of off topic. See what happens without Melvin? See? It's terrible. Anyway, terrible. this is the bit by bit. Continuing from chapter five, where we left off, the highlights of this part of the chapter is the vision Harry has about... Voldemort freaking out to Ollivander about why his wands didn't work the way Ollivander said it would, and the subsequent reactions Harry and the trio have learning about all of this. So I guess we should back up and briefly go over what the hell happened there with his wand. And it's it's, it's just a classic example of everyone not trusting Harry again. Like, my wand did this. No, you're wrong. It does this. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. makes no sense. If I was there, I'd be like, "No, what? Screw it." We're at the seventh it's, book, people. Come on, because you're completely ordinary <laughs> wizard after all. So nothing unique ever happens to you. It's not like you can speak parcel tongue. So yeah, he was. Um, this is when he was being chased, and when Voldemort uses Lucius's wand to attempt to kill him, and the golden flames erupt from his wand. Yes. Did we see that again in this book? Is that a really embarrassing question? Did that ever happen twice? Uh, the golden flames? No, no I don't. I think just at the beginning. I sure hope so because him. I was going to say because that ha- did happen again, like in the final battle. I'd be embarrassed. It is but. interesting though, like how gold is uh, is associated with Harry a lot because the golden flames from his wand, and then in the book four, yeah. he had the golden bubble around him, and then even his polyjuice potion turned golden. Yeah, so that's kind of he's the golden boy. He is. Well, that that all led, you know, to the speculation that his, he is the true heir of of Gryffindor, and you know, I know. He has that, that power. You know, like we we just had done the commentary, and we were talking, you know, how that there's a shot when Harry is in Ollivander's in the shop for the first time, trying yeah. his wand, and they they do that. <sighs> but in the book, it's described, you know, as that golden thing. So that's right. Uh, that still would have been cool if he was the heir of Gryffindor. And I know she didn't want to do that, and. You know, wanted to make him just the ordinary hero. You know, it could be any of us doing these things, and it's neat. It's and it's it's a different different kind of character than what we read before, so it's cool. But I was definitely one of those bunches, those peoples, that thought uh, it would have been cool if uh, he would have been the heir of Gryffindor and had this big air battle between the two of them in the sky. No, the other way to spell air. Bra. 
back. <laughs> that would have been cool. The dude can fly on his broom. And An air, air battle. Dun, dun, dun. That'd be sweet. <laughs> you know, but th- this was interesting, though, how she did it. Because I really was kind of thinking, oh, we're done with the whole occupancy thing. And that was just kind of, you know. But now we really, it's like becomes like live TV, like a live, it's like a, it's a, like another way of narration that she uses it through this whole book. Yeah. I just thought, I, I, so I was like reading this along and we're going, all of a sudden this scene pops up, you know, and it's like, oh, there's all of Andrew. I think it's cool because it's something that he can use against Voldemort, you yeah. know, like he attempted to do that in the fifth one, but it kind of like, it kind of backfired on him because Voldemort tricked him with the whole serious thing. Yeah. But now he's kind of like, I think he's kind of found a balance. He knows, yeah. he knows when he's in like this blind rage or an emotional state, he can take glimpses when he, like, you know, when he has access to it. And he's kind of, you know, just being more strategic about it and not just being more, like, I don't know, emotional about it. And it, it also sort of leads into the fact that there is still a part of Voldemort inside of Harry. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not completely about the occlumency. And, you know, at the oh, end, we do find true. out that there was a part of Voldemort in Harry. That's a really good point. Yeah, because you can give Harry some slack because it's not like he, maybe he couldn't shut him out because... Yeah, he tried. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't succeed. And Harry usually succeeds at most of the things he tries, so... Well, yeah. I mean, that, that connection is there because of the fact that there's a bit of Voldemort in him. So, you know, inherently to that, it would make sense that it's, it would be like denying part of yourself to shut that down completely right it's not like he's letting anything in it's already in you know it's yeah. already there it's just kind of keeping it suppressed like you said the more I, we learned about that in this book the more you know intrigued i was about it because it reminded me of the uh research that's you know that they do about uh twins and how they can sense e- each other even when they're not even in the same place isn't that crazy it is I have so crazy who- I, I want identical twins when I get married. I want so I can just watch and see how that happens, but I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 amazing. And it's like Joe took that idea and brought it up to the level that she did. But it's like, you know, you know, there's reports of, you know, every everyday twins out there that like like one of them has like sensed when the other one like gets killed or something. Well, my my mom has one of her best friends is an identical twin. And one time she woke up in the middle of the night because her leg cramped majorly and her sister had broke her leg skiing. Oh my god! And like this wow. is a, this is a, a woman who I respect tremendously, so I know she wouldn't just be making up stories to, for the sake of it, you know. Yeah. But it's just really interesting, and that just brings the whole Fred and George thing sad. Well, because that wouldn't oh, be so It is cool, and 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 on that, I mean, in the book they were talking because all of a sudden here's Ollivander. We had learned in Goblet of Fire about the, the big one, you know the. I forget what that's called when the you know the two wands priori yes, incontinent. Thank you. And um and so and then all of a sudden here's a Ollivander again and he's he's and then you know in this vision he's talking about the connection. I thought oh well here we go. But yet it, we start to yeah, learn it was more about interesting. Yeah, it's so cool how vivid these visions are of him yeah. though. Like he's like he's there. He can see. Yeah. All of this stuff. And, you know, if if Harry had a little more time with that, he probably could have gotten really good at just, you know, spying on Voldemort whenever he wanted to. Yeah. In the seventh book, she still wrote it from first person, yes? Remember in the, in the fifth book, it was it was a little jarring because you read it and it's from Harry's point of view, but Harry's doing these things that are totally out of character. And so that's it's just really interesting she chose that as kind of a literary device because it was like it made it so much more intimate. Like we understood – that, you know, this is, Harry feels like he is doing this to these people. And so it's kind of, it had to be like, 
imagine do, seeing seeing doing something to someone and realizing you're doing it, but then there's a part of you that's kind of like, don't do that, but the other part yeah. is still, it's just got to be awkward. Totally awkward. Having an evil soul inside you must be awkward. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think so. Kind of like, like old Coral did when he had the old Voldemort sticking out the back of his head, you know, it's kind of awkward. That's right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. A little bit. A little bit. A little awkward. But you know, what's interesting though is that, okay, because at the end of the book, we knew that Ollivander had gone missing and we really didn't understand why. And then you see this and you think, oh, we was talking about the wands, but then, you know, later, obviously, as we go through the book, we understand how important the wands really are. You know? <laughs> oh, the wandler was amazing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but here's like our first inkling of like, oh. There was just a little be- taste of it. Yeah, but- yeah, and it was cool because like our first little inkling, it was just this way to explain to us that. You know, like we don't understand everything because, like, even Ollivander was stumped. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that just kept us on, like, kept me on my feet. I was like, what? It was, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It was, you know, it's about the wands, not about, you know, it was just, it was really interesting. It wasn't about the feathers. I was here, I was thinking, oh, it had something to do with fox, maybe, or you no. Know? Then, you know, no, clearly, <laughs> not even close. Oh, I forgot that was, yeah, that's Phoenix, that's fox, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I didn't know. But that fox didn't even come back. No. No. <laughs> I'm sad about Fox. I have a theory that Fox was shadowing Harry, and he took the blow for Hedwig, and now <laughs> Hedwig and him are off. Oh my Owl god! Phoenix oh. It's true. That's romantic. I'm gonna draw it. <laughs> draw it, Frack. I'm gonna draw an owl phoenix. Uh, that is a that's a slash ship though. You know they're both uh-huh. girl birds. No phoenix. I thought Fox is a oh. Are they? Well, they're they're close friends. <laughs> they're close friends. Well, they can, you know, whatever. Joe opened that up. She, they That's can do right. whatever they want to do. That's true. That's right. Nothing That's wrong true. with it. They can adopt. Yeah. They can adopt. Interspecies, what have you. <laughs> <laughs> How do you go adopt a baby as a phoenix? I don't know. It's the wizarding world. Yeah, see, that's one thing I really want to know. Where where do, do the phoenixes come from? I mean, how many often, how many eggs are there? You know, I mean, where do these, are they live births? You know, I don't remember. I wonder really. if Joe has a theory about where phoenixes come from. I don't know. Then somebody theorized once about, like, when, like, a great wizarding hero or somebody, like, Michael Dumbledore dies, their soul turns into a phoenix. And, like, that was yeah. why the white phoenix smoky thing came out of the, the white yeah. tomb. Then yeah. he turned into a phoenix. That would be neat. I think I think that was Harry. That was his Patronus problem. That'd be crazy when fe- wizards die; their Patronus leaves them. Yeah. Ooh. No, but we've seen enough die that didn't happen. So there are, take back my ooh. There are enough uh, books and and movies about uh, about people having connections to animals or spirits. <laughs> you think? And, uh, <laughs> that's like Brother Bear. That's what I was just watching it. the other day on Disney Channel with my son. Not a, you know? Yeah, Brother Bear. How about how about Golden Compass yeah. or yeah, pretty much. Or um, what's the other one? Aragon. Yeah. Is their dragon? Did you read that one yet? I've, I'm a few chapters in the Golden Compass. Oh, are you reading it now? Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I was actually reading it out loud when I was over ah. at There's some big words <laughs> in there. <laughs> some bigger words in my Potter book. Excuse me. <laughs> It's not like Pantelimon or whatever. It sounds like a Digimon. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are all about literacy. Those big words tend to confund us. That's it. Uh. Hey, I'm a, I'm a oh, rookie. Pantalone. Pa- yeah, um, Pantalone. Is it pant- no, Pantalone's an underwear. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pantalone. Pantalone. Don't they style me, Pantalone? <laughs> Shut up. Uh. <laughs> 
at the biblioteca. <laughs> Lyra's demon you is underwear. Send all oh, your God. emails to John Noe. <laughs> hey, well, or, Send you know, frack, frack at LakeyCauldron.com. <laughs> Melvin's going to kiss you guys again. That's it. Rita and I are just oh, being good. I read the book. I enjoy it. She's spinning in her chair right now. And not oh. just for fun this time. She enjoys spinning in her chair. Anyhow. Okay, but in the vision, what happened? Which vision? Uh, the one we're talking about? Oh, there. Well, um, he's pretty much kicking Vallivander's butt yeah. and he's torturing him here. Vallivander's screaming and it's oh. terrible. There's some very bu- brutal torture scenes in this book. Yeah. More than, more than any other one. I would say. Well, this book was just very different from all the others. Well, don't you think it's interesting, though, because, like, like Hermione got all upset after this was finished. She was just, yeah, you know? Yeah. Hermione got what? She was terrified about the whole thing. Like, she thought that these visions with Harry were over with, that, like, uh, that he had sealed his mind to Voldemort's, and she, he totally, uh, you know, was still vulnerable, and that freaked her the hell out. It is kind of weird, though, that he didn't have any in the sixth book. Yeah, what the hell was Voldemort doing during the sixth book? I don't know. It's a mystery. For the matter, what are Voldemort and Dumbledore ever doing? Unless Harry's well, because around. Are they hibernating? The what is he doing in the sixth one? <laughs> they could be hibernating, for all we know. They're hibernating with their power. Well, we know what Dumbledore was doing during book six, obviously, but, I mean, Voldemort, I don't... Yeah, his hand was dead. Yeah, but uh, what what were Dumbledore's day to day responsibilities? Not dying. We're going to talk about this a little bit in Phoenix. Files. Not dying. <laughs> Not dying. <laughs> I guess that's important, but yeah. we're going to talk about that in Phoenix Files yeah. next too. Because uh, I don't know, he's Dumbledore. Gonna, probably you know, does he have to deal with Filch? You know, like does they fill out reports? I don't know. You know, I don't think that they're like the terrible twosome running around school. Solving problems like the Hardy it Boys. It must be hard to run Hogwarts in general. I mean, that's probably. Why do they have magic? Things. What can they? Do? I, I... Uh, there's no paper. There's no no magic for paperwork. You know, what I find the most funniest thing about the whole deal is that they make the one person in that castle who can't do magic be in charge of all the manual labor. No, they don't make him. They let him. That's my impression. You think he he's just, having, you know, enjoying he's life? A squib, <laughs> Well, he's a squib, so he gets to participate in the wizarding world. Well, Phil doesn't have a pink umbrella. Are you talking about Phil? Oh, Phil, so they're talking about Hagrid. No, Hagrid Hagrid enjoys life. I was saying, Hagrid does a lot of work, too. Oh, he's got to feed ferrets. Hagrid did a lot of messing up. He does a lot of messy work, I guess. Yeah, but he loves it. But Phil has got to be responsible for... You know, keeping everything clean. And but I'm pretty sure if you gave him the choice of doing that or not sure. doing it, he would still do it. He's one of those people that complain about their work, but they really yeah, love it. I, you know? I guess. Because, I mean, really, is he a janitor or is he the dean? Because why is he in charge of <laughs> making sure people are out of bed? What does it matter? At my school, the janitor didn't care who was in the hallways. He was too busy chewing tobacco and wiping the floor. Chewing tobacco and wiping the floor? Not, you know, I don't want to get emails from janitors, but... I didn't have a very good experience in grade school with my dinner, that's all I'm saying. You know, I think we've really digressed way <laughs> Just a little bit. Way the much. janitor on the Breakfast Club was he a cool was. guy. I remember him, yeah. He was cool. And the janitor on Scrubs is pretty funny. He doesn't have a name. I didn't know that. They just call him janitor. Seriously? Yeah. Oh. I'm not liking Scrubs this season. I'm a janitor and blondie shipper. Uh, okay. Okay, anyway. Anyway, let's get the heck it's out of here. It's your fault, John. Again, <laughs> I had nothing to do with this one segment. now. I am going to tell Melvin on you. <laughs> oh, let's talk about... Oh, uh, we got to go. It's Starbucks. 
Starbucks later. Yeah. Hyper Phoenix okay. files, kiddos. Okay. Let's cue the music so we can change into something else. I thought you were trying to summon the dragons over there for a second. <laughs> I can do um, Zelda. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god, it's so good! You're quite right, of course, Professor Umbridge. As High Inquisitor, you have every right to dismiss my teachers. You do not, however, have the authority to send them away from the castle. Phoenix file segment. Tell us where we are. We are at the extreme poning moment where everyone Ooh. is poning everyone else, and it's just a chain reaction of ponage. Pong, 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 pong. Which was not written very much with ponage in the book, was it? No. I mean, there was a little ponage in the book. There was Dumbledore pony Umbridge pretty well in the book. But he's allowed because he's Dumbledore and it's Umbridge and no one cares about her. Okay, that's right, because we left off with the with McGonagall and Umbridge arguing, and that's when McGonagall, I mean, that's when Umbridge has this epiphany, like, oh, I have to take more control of the school, and then she, then the whole montage breaks out, and that's yeah. when she starts. Right. It starts with the um with her screen, like you know, poning Trelawney. Yeah, and you know, it was made apparent that uh, public displays of affection <laughs> are not uh, condoned by. By Umbridge, Umbridge, or her new administration, nor is uh, untucked shirts or sloppy ties. Um, no. is is this the part when so, they when like Filch like every now and then they keep showing pounding up some new decree, or does that come later in the film? Am I forgotten? I think he might have. Yeah, because he pondered off the, the the decree to say, you know, effective immediately, Dumbledore or new. Umbridge is going to be yeah. the uh, High Inquisitor. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Isn't it, isn't it, yeah that that's like that part. Little Charlie Chaplin routine with the big ladder swinging around, or is that later too? <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. it's so random. It's like they're all sitting around one day. He has no lines. He has no. He just sits there in his trailer in the dark all day. David Bradley. Poor he's David actually. Bradley, if you ever get a chance is. to see him, he's a superb actor, and he's especially on 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 the stage, and he's an excellent. He really is quite good, and it's. I uh, no. <laughs> That's not his real hair, is it? You know, is that, that is cat? one of the great unresolved mysteries. <laughs> yes. What was the deal with Mrs. Norris? I mean, I want to know. I know. Red so eyes. Much more there. It's like someone should just be like Joe, Mrs. Norris, Trevor the Frog. What the hell? Discuss. They they have babies. Frog cats. They would jump right so now? high. Right now. Oh my god! I love that noise. <laughs> it reminds me of that one scene that Joe was talking about deleting from the books where uh, Mrs. Norris was trying to whack the string on a, on a ceiling fan and she got her paw stuck. <laughs> she whipped up into the air and spin around a few times and hit the wall. You are such a jerk. That poor cat. Well, it's better than the one when they put her in outer space and she couldn't land on anything. Yeah, you know, a cat can land on its feet every time he tosses it, but in outer space. You wonder why Mushka hisses at you when you come up with these stories. That's why. I have the perfect video in mind for Mushka after watching those two videos. 
I think Mushka, whenever I get to meet Mushka, she's going to not hate me. Cause I, she I hope, because that can screw up your whole vision of cats. Yeah. You know, if I know what we're talking about, go to YouTube and Google Gravity Cat or uh, Cat and Ceiling Fan. And just, I am not a fan of the cat museum. You know, and Umbridge has those cats. They're so, her office is fabulously done with that wall of cats. And then then she has that spy cat that looks like just like the cat from like Austin Powers, you know, his like, his evil cat. And it reminds me of. Yeah. Yes, it's totally the same cat. And that same kind of like, but Mooch kind of did the same thing. I thought, oh, maybe that's her spying on us, you know? Mooch <laughs> 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 totally tells on me when I'm at Melissa's house. She does. See, I think the whole um, Miss uh, the Mrs. Norris thing and then kind of relates to the um, Figgy because, like, they're, bo- they're both squibs and they just have, like, this affinity to cats. So I think yeah. it's just kind of a... Maybe That's Mrs. True. Norris was kind of like Crookshanks. It's so weird. It's like they need something magical in their lives, so they have a magical yeah. creature. Yeah, and I think it just kind of goes with the whole cliche about you know crazy like crazy cat ladies and the whole like cats and witches t- correlation it's just yeah. kind of a nice way to just weave that into the story and kind of make it fun. I mean, but so that's why him and, and Umbridge get along so perfectly well. they're both person. like of the same mind they talk about cats and fancy <laughs> feasts and their fancy feasts <laughs> do you think when they when it's time for feasts at Hogwarts and their golden plates fill up with food that Mrs. Norris's plate fills up at the same time <laughs> with like a yes. fancy feast kind of thing or like uh-huh. tuna probably so I would love that <laughs> I would go downstairs and fill it up so when it transports up from the basement to the Great Hall. Can, can I, I sp- say, say this is kind of uh, sort of related? We're talking <laughs> about food. On the DVDs that you'll, that you'll be getting for, that are coming out shortly here in the United States, um, there is a deleted scene, a brilliant Trelawney at, at the Great Hall while Umbridge is speaking that you'll see. And uh, Emma Thompson as Trelawney does this kind of impromptu kind of trying to eat her food. And if you ever get it, when you guys get a chance to see that, it's, it's hysterical. That woman is... Is hysterical, and I keep thinking of that since awesome. we're talking about Umbridge and Trelawney. It's just I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it uh, comes out like a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, it's funny. I okay. love the deleted scenes, yeah. and we all are so yeah. soon to forget but, about uh, them too. As soon as they come out. If we're talking about the the scene here that, that's coming up, though, when when um the sacking of Trelawney, I really you know because that scene in the book is so hysterical, like Trelawney yes. being all drunk on her sherry bottles, and it's just stuff. And I didn't know how they would do this. And the film, and and I was, it yeah. was it was much more poignant than so I, and I really was expecting. Yeah, in my head, it was not so um, melancholy. Like it was, it was so much more emotional in the movie because it was just kind of like she was. Yeah. I in my head, I pictured her much more defiant. Yeah. Than just kind of taking it like that, and it was just it was, I was like, wow, I really really feel bad for her. Here's what it is: is that in the book, how Joe wrote it works because. We've had more time with Trelawney, and, you know, as kooky as she is, we end up feeling for her getting fired, even if she's kind of acting crazy about it. But because yeah. we are so seldom exposed to her in the movie, if we had... The the goal of that scene is for us to really start hating Umbridge here. Yeah. So if so if, they- she, if Trelawney was acting, you know, like a lunatic, people might not feel as bad for her. So they really played it up that we need to feel bad for her, and they made her just a really sad little person at that point. So you just yeah, naturally that's smart feel bad. Storytelling too. Yeah, that's true. I think I think emotionally that served the purpose well. But- 
I don't know, but the, the testament, though, yeah. is the actresses, both, I mean, Emma Thompson a... and, and uh, Emma Stanton are superb in, in this, and, and they just, and then Maggie Smith yeah. comes in, and then, <sighs> Maggie. Yes. Yes, yeah, who, again, you know, the filmgoers won't necessarily understand yeah. the animosity those two had for each other that they had in the books. You didn't, you didn't really see it as much, if at all, in the movies. So, I mean, yeah. it was still it was still neat to see. It was weird though when she went up to Umbridge and she wrote, <laughs> Lemon Sherbet. What did you think, Rita? I mean, when, <laughs> when you saw, I mean, this coming, did this scene kind of work out the way you were hoping it to? Or, I mean, what did you, what were you? The, which when, scene? When, when they're, like, when they're sacking of Trelawney, I guess is what, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would, I I was I was sad because I mean I never really I I never felt bad for Trelawney and then you just see this complete transition where the bad guy is it's it's it has nothing to do with the students or the teachers it's just so it's it's just raised to a level where it's so much more and it's umbrage and it's basically you know it's Voldemort because Voldemort is like behind all of this and so it's just you begin to see like all the inner workings of Voldemort and you know people infiltrating Hogwarts it just becomes so much more frightening because these people who you saw previously, like, you know, Trelawney, who no one liked at all. They're suddenly just, you know, she just yeah. buries them. It's horrible. It's very interesting you say that, though. Are you as talking about Umbridge and what her possible affiliation was with, with Voldemort? Do you, right. do you think that she was actively, you know, like an agent for Voldemort, like taking orders? or I always thought of her or? like that. I mean, there weren't any, you know, there weren't any signs that pointed to that directly but i always yeah. kind of thought of it in that way because they're all you know it was always good and evil and umbridge was always on that side she always it's true well i see what i liked about umbridge's character is that it showed just that yeah. it, it is a little more complex than that there are shades of gray and she was definitely in that shade of gray because she was f- by far she was far from a good guy as you mm-hmm. can get without being i guess a death eater because because she was she was just an opportunist, you know what I mean? Like, and she did not care who she stepped on. She was just one of those people that you do not want to deal with, like, in any casually, formally, uh, as a, in a friendship or even, like, especially in a working environment. Like, you know, you cross people that way that are just, they're all, they're just looking out for themselves and whatever they can get for themselves, they're happy about. And it's just, ugh. that's another form of, like, I don't know. I want evil yeah. is too strong of a word, but. Well, she's not a, a sympathizer and she. Yeah agreed with Voldemort and people who sympathize with that way of thought are bad on their own, whether or not they're connected, you know, directly to Voldemort at all. And who's, who knows what she may have done had, you know, we seen more of her and maybe Deathly Hallows and, you know, when Snape is running the school. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I honestly, I think she sympathized with like this, with the stuff in the ministry because she got this, you know, this amazing power now. She can just, like, honestly, like, whatever, uh, uh, Voldemort saw her as a viable tool to use because she, they, she knows she can be ruthless and she's intelligent. Right, yeah. I mean, her, her aphrodisiac, her draw, her thing is power. It's exactly. control. It is, is, and you know, it's not so much death eaters, it's just she wants that power and that's her, her thing. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess, like you said, like you were saying, Don, because she, she does, re- she reminded me very much of, like, I don't, I hate to draw all these parallels, but if you used during World War II, I mean, the, the sympathizers that helped the Nazis and, and that I just viewed her as that kind of 
kind of like corrupt government kind of thing. That's a good point, yeah. Such a cool character. Yeah. Oh, she was so well done in this movie. She's actually one of my favorite characters yeah. in the books because she's, she's just, very strong she's though a for a female so character in the books. I, I just found her is equally strong as like you know how Molly is kind of you don't really see her strength really too much, in my opinion, much more towards the end. But Dumbridge is an incredibly strong character. I just like wow, that was it was very impressive. She was a lot more frightening in the actual yeah. books. She's used because yeah. when I saw her on screen, she was all pink and sugary. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John, when you guys went to the set visit, one of the things they point out to you is Umbridge's um, costumes became increasingly pinker as they yeah. were. Hmm. Yeah. Like brighter, more interesting. Fuchsia than light pink. Him, him. Well, what else happened in this I'm scene? Kidding. This is my favorite part coming up. And then immediately followed by my least favorite part. I know. <laughs> right, because isn't this one happening like, uh, you know, Umbridge co- or uh, McGonagall comes out, right, to. to so, yeah. No, you can't do that, right? And the students start to gather around. I mean, isn't this in the courtyard or something? I don't... Yeah, this is when the students gather around, and then McGonagall comes out, and then yeah. Dumbledore tells her to escort her back inside the castle, and then okay. and then that's when the whole like this is awesome when he's all like, "You maybe have the right to dismiss my teachers, but you do yeah. not have the right to." I love it. Expel and them from the. Gardens. That was like the the other time that Dumbledore, you know, puts her in a place like that. We don't see in the movie when she's you're manhandling. Mm-hmm. When 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 they're in, in the office and uh, she's shaking Cho's friend, what's her name, Marietta or something? Oh right! And, and Dumbledore yeah. gets all pissed off. He's like, you "Oh not yeah, my students, I forgot man. about that. You don't do this." <laughs> it's but too bad. <laughs> I hope I hope the detail yeah, didn't escape was... anybody. It was very Dumbledore's cool. Awesome. They did, uh, and everybody was coming out to the to the courtyard there. Yeah, you know, Umbridge and Charlie. They leave they leave through the little door, like the equivalent of like the pet sized door. Up oh. this huge door, <laughs> and then when Dumbledore comes out, he opens the whole dang thing. Yes, and it's, it's yes. not even—he's not even pushing it. He, you know, he's—he just, yeah, nice. his, his magic is just pushing the huge door to Hogwarts open, and he's like, "I'm Big Daddy, and I'm opening up the big door, right. and you—you <laughs> you do not." mess with my teachers, Miss Umbridge. Yeah, that was a really cool stylistic things about Yates. I, I have to say, I really liked Yates's flair on some of his shot selections were really yeah. cool in this movie, which is really that's a nice touch. So, it brings us to talking about Dumbledore, because Dumbledore, <laughs> yeah. we are not quite sure what he's been up to this whole time. You know, obviously yeah. he has this woman, you know, s- stuck. That's right. He's stuck yeah. with this person, and she's doing what she's doing, and he's pretty much from what we we understand powerless to do anything about it though it's pretty hard to believe that Dumbledore is ever truly powerless it's yeah. something to do with his school but he's you know letting it happen for whatever reason and then he appears and um he saves Trelawney from that situation pretty much and then he's so ticked off at the world or whatever he decides to yell at all the students too on top of it and it's like, I remember watching that for the first time. I'm like, yeah, go Dumbledore. And then he yells at the kids, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I almost stood up in my seat. It's awful. That was unnecessary. Totally. And it's like, we spent all of Phoenix with Harry wondering, what's up with Dumbledore? Why won't he look at me? I want Dumbledore attention. Wah, 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 wah. And, um, you know, we finally see him, and it's, oh, big deal. It's Dumbledore. Great. You know, he's, he's alive. He's not gone. And he's mean. That makes me sad. He's mean. Yeah. Well, you could say you hurt the ones you love the most. No, they're all like, WTF? lashed out at the What do we do? Frustration. It's like, we don't have to study. We have magic. I know. I knew. 
I know a few yes, of those kids developed drinking problems. They're delicate. Because of it. They're fragile. It's a tough year. It's true. For them. They hit the fire with Think about it. If that was the year that you were graduating and it was the umbrage year, it is. Oh That's God. like your screw off senior year, having fun, and you got an umbrage to deal with. They figured well, it out. Well, with Fred and George, you know. They split. They kinda... You're not going to ruin them. Yeah. And then he died two years later. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you know, I just. For him to turn and bark at his students yeah. after he has just. In my opinion, stood up and did something that you want to believe in. Here's a character you really wanted, and you're like, okay, this man is my hero, our leader. And then he turns around and, and excuse me, but just pisses on you. I just think that's yeah. just – no responsible me, administrator is going to – I don't know. I just would not uh, – It makes me wonder if they had any alternate shots of that, any alternate takes. Right. Yeah. Because, like, they may have had that line, and he may have riffed on that line. You know, he it might have been like, like, come on, guys, back to class. Or, you know, back to your classes with you. And he might have been all like, I'm going to play angry for fun. But like, you want you got some studying to do? And he might have, like, <laughs> slammed, like, his wand on the ground, like, moody or something. And they all would have fell on their butts. I don't know. But, but the benevolent leader, the, the kind, the far-seeing <laughs> wizard that, you, that Albus Dumbledore, for the most part, is. I mean, you know, there's, we learned in Deathly Hallows, maybe not so much, but... At this point, you know, here we are. The readers, you know, are going along, and and then for him to do that is just totally out of character. On that, I just that struck me as just such a false note, and I just was like, it took me back when I was watching. I was like, what? No explanation. No nothing. Yeah, because there was no yeah. motivation for that. His character at that point to be be acting like that, you know. Well, I just would figure he's frustrated, I and mean, that's all. <laughs> well, but to say that well, this man is going to take out his frustration on these students, exactly, that's a very that's a very poor form. Well, it's in um, Gambin's contract that he, <laughs> is it? he has an emotional outburst for each movie. Well, that was part of his agreement for joining the cast. I yeah, see. He, he has one irrational moment per movie. <laughs> Fourth one, he almost killed Harry. Yeah. You know. Yes. Then the other one, he mouthed off at the students. Yeah. And then in the third one, um, they had to cut it out because it was just too bloody. I guess. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Thank you, Frank. He's like, he's like I'll, I'll be, I'll be your, your Dumbledore, but you know, I'm not going to be some prissy wizard. Yeah. I need to get angry every once in a while. And they're like, okay, yeah. well, you know, go easy on us. Read the books. And he's like, no. And they're like, <laughs> he's fine. like, actually, Dumbledore is more of a grandfather figure. I don't care. I refuse. That's okay. I will kill you. Anyway, we love, we love Dumbledore. Actually, I've had my, my second coming with my feelings about Dumbledore. Yeah. Since Deathly Hollows and. Uh, I just wish somebody would um, actually spend the time to convince me why I shouldn't hate Dumbledore. So I want to like Dumbledore. Oh no! Uh, here we go. Well, that's. I want to like Dumbledore, but you know, should that be another cast on its own? Right. <laughs> it will have to be its own thing, its own segment, its own something. Yeah. But somebody just explain to me why Dumbledore. You know, I don't know. It's sad. And that Dumbledore does indeed love Harry. Yes, yes. And that Harry's going to fight for Dumbledore as per the Harry and the Potter. Because song. he loves him. Because he loves him. Yes. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, anyways. For the greater good. <laughs> you know what's funny? How many times I've heard the, for the greater good in, like, fiction lately? I've heard it in. In commercials for car insurance and such. What? And that kind of scares me. <laughs> because then I think, I don't... Like, is everybody reading Joe? I guess. Apparently. But that's their tagline. 
I don't believe in it anymore. I don't. That guy called Wizard talking about the greater good. It's for the also, greater good. he breaks good. the fourth wall and looks into your eyes for the greater good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if your house burns down, put all your trust in us. Yeah. It's for the greater good. Aww. Whoa. Who says that? I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if that insurance person was at Godric's Hollow. I'm sure. Aww. Anyway, Phoenix Files, coming again to a show near you. We will be talking about um, the sextet is excited about the DA. The what? The six people are friends. The trio plus three. This is an adult movie. They're excited about what? <laughs> to be in, in the DA. Uh, and the requirement. And, oh, no, no, no. They're actually walking back from their their meeting. They're excited about, uh, they're on the bridge. Yeah. And they're like, isn't it exciting? And it's like, breaking the rules. Breaking the rules. This and that. And like, who are you and what have you done with the mind of Granger? Something like that. And that's when he punches her in the face, thinks he's using the polyjuice, but she wasn't. And there was a whole scene of Madame Pomfrey's office and they had a healer. Yes, and they tried to rip her hair off, thinking it was a wig. What? Yeah. I missed this show. Her scalp was bleeding for three days. So deleted scenes. We have the UK DVD already. Oh, I see. This is not fair. Yeah. I know. And then also the big video game moment when Neville finds the room of requirement. Yeah, that's sweet. Actually, he's, <laughs> he's awarded two extra lives. Yeah, he put a bomb points. by the door. He saw a crack in the wall and put a little bomb by <laughs> it. And went, wow, <laughs> I love that game. Anyway. Did he get the map and the compass? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I never used. Well, they the had the map. And it's more fun to just go by yourself. I like to zoom around. I spend too much time zooming around. This is true. But I'm good at that, though. I, I don't know what the exchange for galleons or rupees is, though. Oh, I don't know. You know with, with the value <laughs> well, of the rupees. rupees are easy to... They, you just look at, you know, just break some pots open or in tall grass. It's you know, true. They're rupees. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so you hid all of your money in tall grass. And, and so it's zooming around, <laughs> diverging way off topic like we are right now. <laughs> anyway, yes. Off topic? What? Psh, us? And uh, Filch and Umbridge go on a... Uh, quest to find them and they're going to date and uh it's fun stuff and uh we will bring that back probably next week cool unless anything you know cooler happens yeah thank you rita thank you frankie frack thank you no problem i love doing it so whenever you guys have space for me to yammer on and make just good references just give me that's what you're here for pal we'll talk to you later we're wrapping this stuff up Welcome to Scrivy 5, the five-minute podcast of Scrivulous, the Leaky Cauldron's premier essay project. I'm Erin Arcalthius, and I have Nina with me today, also known as Severine Snape. Hey, guys. And we have a very nice topic related to the holidays today, don't we, Nina? Oh, yes. We have an incredible topic for today because uh, our very own Erin here has discovered this amazing secret or uncovered an amazing secret that's been hidden for centuries. And I'm sure that if you hear about it, it's going to shock you. It's going to shock the world, basically. Yes, it will. (laughs) I was looking last Christmas at the twinkling lights of the Christmas tree. And it reminded me of of a pair of blue twinkling eyes. Mm -hmm. And the truth hit me like a bolt of lightning etched on my forehead. (laughs) I tried to keep it secret because of Deathly Hallows. I didn't want to take any of the excitement away. 
But I think now I have to let it out. Yes. Albus Dumbledore and Santa Claus are one in the same. Oh my goodness. You heard it here first. It is shocking. It is incredible. But when I first heard the theory, Erin, I have to admit, I didn't believe it. And it just made me laugh. But I've read your essay and I've read all the evidence. And I think, it, you know, there's no denying it. It's, it's an absolute fact. And uh, I think we should just present some of the evidence um, today. How about that? Yes. Well, first of all, Santa does not look anything like the ancient St. Nicholas. No, he doesn't. I mean, the guy is bald. <laughs> he just doesn't look happy. You know, if you, if you look at images of him... But Dumbledore, on the other hand, looks exactly like modern depictions of Father Christmas. With the twinkling eyes, the white beard, the black buckled boots, everything. Spitting image. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the images in your essay, it's the, the physical resemblance is incredible. And of course, another big resemblance between Santa and Dumbledore is they both have this huge army of elves. And the Hogwarts elves, well, we only know they make food and everything and they clean up the place, but they also have their own brand of magic. So it could be that they're making all the toys and things like, uh, as well. So that's another big, big clue, I think. Yes, I think so, too. I don't think it's a coincidence at all. No. And I also noticed that even though St. Nicholas is from the coast of Turkey, which is dry and arid... <laughs> Dumbledore's from the Scottish Highlands, which looks nearly exactly like the North Pole in winter, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, with all the snow and everything, yeah. Far cry from Turkey, but very close to the North Pole. Yes. And another thing, if you've ever wondered how Santa Claus manages to... Uh, drop off all the presents in one night and come in through the chimney? Well, the answer is right here. The answer is flu powder. <laughs> yep, the flu network. Yes. Yep, for sure. And I also noticed, and I think everyone did, has, that Dumbledore loves muggle sweets. He talks about sherbet lemons, <laughs> lemon drops. He talks about hot chocolate. And we all know Santa loves hot chocolate. This cannot be coincidental. Exactly. And how else would Dumbledore know about all those sweets if it wasn't for the fact that he, you know, he brings it to the world every Christmas? Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more on that one, Erin. Yes. There's a few other bits and bobs, other little bits of, of evidence, like, um, well, there's the obvious magic link. I mean, Santa Claus can do magic, and which human being can do magic? I mean, you'd have to be a wizard for that, so that's another obvious clue, I think. Yes, but I think the most damning evidence of all is that if you take the words... Headmaster Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore, <laughs> and you rearrange the letters... You get, and I'm not lying, Nina, Santa Claus, a full-bearded December lover <laughs> with, surprisingly, few characters remaining unused. Coincidence? Yeah, I think it's only about three letters, isn't it? <laughs> not many. Not many letters at all unused. Well, Erin, you have completely convinced me. I am a complete believer. This can't be a coincidence. Dumbledore and Santa, they're, the, they're one and the same. Great. So uh, one more question for you, Erin. Um, so Snape killed Santa? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> for anyone who still loves Snape, Snape <laughs> killed Santa. The evidence is incontrovertible. I think so, too. 
And if you want to know more, please read the essay, St. Dumbledore's Feast, in issue 21. All right. Well, this is probably the last episode that we'll be recording before Christmas. And, but we just wanted to take this opportunity to wish you all a very Merry Christmas from Scribulus. And we'll be back with a new issue in February. Yes. And we will leave you with a filk by our very own Severine Snape, <laughs> which is very appropriately named Dumbleclaws. All right. See you guys and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. August 9th at the uh, yes I'm very excited about that so because nobody's talking no, about going to all. Terminus no. I mean I haven't read about no. people going no. that anywhere except Ooh. about everywhere. and I'm excited because someone will be ahead of house of me <clears throat> just saying what ahead of yeah head no of not house? so much I don't know how did you squeak <laughs> through that nuts they're really lowering the qualifications for Slytherin well you know house. what well maybe they're just trying to instill some decency into the house I don't know Oh, oh, burn! Is that no, what it is? No, it's it, no. I Wrong. love my and brothers and sisters. That's really true. I do. Um, yes, I, but I believe that it's going to be fun. So, if you are a registered uh, person at Terminus, you can come see our show and it'd be awesome. Yes. So we'll be posing for pictures. <laughs> so much. <laughs> during the hours of <laughs> of uh, ten and four. Otherwise, you can take photos with the cardboard cutout of Sue. 
with a pom pom. You know what? Located in the I lobby. I swear to you, I'm hotel. saying this right now. I am gonna. One of my outfits for the day during the whole thing. I'm gonna. I'm trying to find a Hufflepuff cheerleader costume. Just. Cheerleader I totally costume. want one. I wear. I'm but. I, you be know, because cool. I, I think it was Chloe or somebody had these, like, I think it's like Converse or somebody. I forget who it is, but you can get, like, tennis shoes, like, custom made. And I really want to get a pair of Hufflepuff, mm-hmm. like, you know, tennis shoes or trainers, as they call them, you know? No. Maybe I would I would suggest going into the Hot Topics because generally in their clearance section, they have all of the unsold <laughs> Hufflepuff stuff hey! after all the other houses' stuff is sold. So there's usually a big pile no. of it. So, uh, Guaranteed. I would. I get that. Check no, out. No, they I do would. not have any Hufflepuff shoes or any house shoes from what I've seen. Bud. Bud. No. You know, I'm just saying. Oh, well. Sounds like it a craft does, project. But... Maybe they have it in the, the leaky oh, craft I don't know. section. You know, I'd, I'd like to get a pair of, like, Hufflepuff socks. I haven't seen any socks. I'm sure you that's know, We have those, those hats and scarves, but, you know, we need we need festive hats. Um, yeah. One more thing about conventions. You know, I know there's a lot. There's so many of them. There's Portis. There's um, um, Accio. And now there's Sictus is going to hold one in Wales at a castle. It's, oh, yeah? What are they, they calling that uh, one? I, I forget. Sictus 2009, I think. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Castle. I feel bad we didn't talk about that one yeah. on our big convention show, but it's all the way out there it's in the ups, right? It's yeah. <laughs> Definitely worth checking out, though, for all you people in living in New York. For sure. For sure. But, you know, I mean, there's just, you know, the years are, our fandom is not, again, is not ending. There's just so much going on that, you know. Heck no. And, and our, there's no. uh, <clears throat> Filks, right, John? Filks? We need Filkers? Fil- Filch? No, Filch. Filch. Oh, Filks. Filks. Right. You guys, what happened to all you guys? I thought you guys liked the Filks. I don't know. Christmas time. I don't think we have more than, you know, half a dozen films out of you guys yet. You only have about a week more to put Okay, now I'm going to say this again. Another shameless plug to my friends over at Swish and Filk. Yes, yes. Yeah, those guys took all the filters Well, MJ and them, they're brilliant. I, I know, they're brilliant. I was trying to brilliant. come up with a filk to do about the elder brothers. You know, we three elder brothers, you know, do, 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 do. But I'm having trouble coming. All right, So if yeah. someone could do, like, it feels inspired to that, I will sing that song. Because I have no song to sing. This is just a sad well, song. I mean, my voice is, like, limited. I mean, I can only do. And you guys already pwned with your, like, baby is cold outside. So I need something. I should bring that one back. I'm sure no. Melissa or Melvin would be only willing to reprise that one. Yeah, not so much. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even think the Imperious Curse could no, convince her to do that again. I think so either. <laughs> but it it is festive Sad. time, and for those who have been listening to your Christmas music jingle spells, it is sold yes. out, baby. Woohoo! Sold the heck out. Thank you guys so much. The biggest charity drive we've ever pulled off yeah. on Leaky. All thanks to you guys and the awesome Wizard Rockers who contributed. Song. I mean, Very it was like awesome. something like thirty thousand dollars. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, it's, that's you know, crazy so thing. Bravo! But you know, there's a lot of people. Uh, there's so many people out there, mm-hmm. and as kind that, of sad um, pandas that apparently are pretty sad pandas, and uh, because it is the holiday times, and because um, you know yes. everybody wins, especially mm-hmm. the charity. We thought it might be a smart idea to toss the whole Jingle Spells album up Woo-hoo! on iTunes. Yay! So, all of you people who have hopefully 
retrieved your podcast from iTunes can click over and run a search in the music store for Jingle Spells or we'll probably have links to it here on Leaky already or if not soon for you to do so and continue to support the uh, Book Aid charity and have a little Potter tunes to listen to over your holiday. so cool. I think, yes. I do. I'm not sure if he's going to Napster too. Is that... I don't know. I know iTunes. Maybe the Zoom marketplace. I don't know, but you will be able to put it, download it, baby. Take it with you. Just don't share it with your friends. (laughs) John. (laughs) I mean, everybody out there likes to share the MP3s. You know, certainly not me, but uh, just think of the poor, helpless little Mm -hmm. person out there in uh, insert country name here that doesn't have a book. And that you're sending an MP3 over your computer that they also right. don't have is uh, depriving them. It, of we a book. should point out. Very sad. Listen to that. Yeah. Well, uh, any lightness aside, this money is going to BookNaid International, and it is going to help buy like something like twenty thousand books or building libraries and worlds. I mean, crazy. so this is really an yeah. important thing, and we know that so many of you wanted it. So this is great. Another opportunity. So very good. Well, the only thing you won't get is the awesome artwork from Frack. Print it out for you to put on your walls or in your lockers with magnets. Or I have mine set as is my wallpaper. Our little, <clears throat> should we reveal what the big secret is on that artwork, John? About our little, although we talked about it last week about Fred the Armadillo. Oh, our choices. <laughs> Fred the Armadillo returns. Yeah, He's alive. Still, Fred did not die with the other Fred. It was I only still think, you know, I talked to my friends. We all do agree it should have been a fire crab. I'm just saying. I'm not going to let them. Oh, he's not a fire crab. That sounds <laughs> disgusting. It was so funny. My son was cracking up when he heard that. He's like, Mr. John, because we'd seen our videos of, you know. What in the world did I do with a fire crab? Do you imagine me trying to send announcements to people or, like, messages through my Patronus that says fire crab grunting <laughs> at them? They're like, say it again. We didn't make that out with the well, first no, three times. flames. Like, you setting stuff on fire. <laughs> it comes flying in, flaming in. <laughs> you calling me a flamer? No. <laughs> Come on, Sue. <laughs> that is not the festive spirit, John. No, I would never it's not do not. that. I would not. Well, we would co- should come from the tolerant Pottercast. <laughs> this is a Dumbledore oh. safe zone Pottercast. Oh, you know, this is I. Melvin, come back. <laughs> <laughs> Save me! <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to call up Melvin. I think we need to try to bring her back on next week's show because... Uh, we we should. It's crazy. It's almost Christmas time and we need our yeah. full trio. Yeah. All three of us. So definitely we tune in next week, guys. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, definitely tune in next week for another awesome show. Yes. And, um, yes, that is the last thing we do until we give you the highly important message. Yes, and that is... That is to keep twiddling them dials. The next password will be <clears throat> Jingle Spells. Ooh. <laughs> I like that I password so. advertising. We've missed it. W-3. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) This week's podcast was produced by the Podcast Trio and Steve Bonnet. 
This show was edited by Steed, Hildy, Samantha, and Liz. Thanks to our Scooby 5 team, Aaron and Nina, and thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com.